Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. It is me. Yes, I am she. She is I. And we are here. First of all, I got to tell y'all, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary in January 2024. That don't even sound right when I say it, but it is what it is. And we're almost at that one-year mark. So we're kind of finishing out the year real strong because you know the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of this platform, hopefully, is that I give you some information to inform, to motivate, and maybe educate and entertain you. And so keeping with that thing, we just going to keep on doing it right now. You guys, I did a video on social media a couple weeks ago about how I noticed that it seems to me that people are kind of on the edge. Everybody's angry, mad, you know, quick-tempered. It doesn't take much to set people off. And apparently it's true because everybody was kind of in agreeing with me. So what has happened to people? Why aren't people happy? Why aren't people able to have joy in their lives? So guess what we did? We reached out to someone who is a joy strategist. This woman has done it all. She has been in the entertainment industry for 30 some years. Uh, She is an author. She has an incredible book out and we're going to get into that. But please welcome to the program, our joy strategist, Grace Harry. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. How are you? (laughs) I'm really good. Blessed, all things considered. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Um, We've been going back and forth, you know, but you know what? Look at God. We are here and I'm ready to get into it. First and foremost, if you could just tell everybody a little bit about your history, because I said you've been in the industry like forever and worked with some of the top folks in the musical industry. Y'all need to understand. Can you just give us a little bit of your background and what you've been doing over the past 30 years? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm excited for this conversation. It really was just in New York City in the, I would say, the mid-80s. There was so much going on in terms of art and culture and expression. And of course, we were in what I call the kind of the beginning of the golden years of hip-hop, where there were just so many different genres and so many different expressions. Um, Hip-hop, to me, is a communication of, of revolution in a lot of ways. It's a communication for uh, there were people who didn't have a lot of outlets for communication. So when, when I was a young teenager feeling that bubbling, I started to be out and meet a lot of the architects of that scene and artists who were developing at the time and just fell in love with them and the concept. And we can really found my own voice and my own passion through reali- thinking I'm not an artist, but all these people are coming up with songs and beautiful experiences, but not the visuals necessarily to tell the full story to connect the full fan experience for the, for, the, for the why and the how. And that just became a passion of mine, helping artists unravel that story, helping artists connect with people in the way that they want their music to be received. And I did that for years at record labels, doing creative and um, you know, c- helping them figure out what to form that story. And then took that show on the road and did things philanthropically with artists for years and worked with artists on tour. And, and um, I think it was that, you know, it was, it was being in the music industry, it feels so aspirational to so many people. There's this concept that people who have made it have all the answers. And as you and I both know, that it couldn't be farther from the truth. That being on such a big world stage actually really brings up your biggest insecurities and your fears. And, um, and that was an incredible learning for me that all of us have that. We're all creators in some way or another. We're all battling similar issues. And so it was a really interesting transition when I leaned into my own uh, lack of passion or feeling joyful in what at the time used to really feed me. I decided that I was going to take that same energy of working with some of these big artists and get us all to connect to our passion, our hearts, which is a real joy strategist. Um, so I feel like all of it is combined for this recipe of what this book is. 
I remember hearing a quote from Julia Roberts, and she says she was talking about how, you know, the general public will look at celebrities, movie stars, recording artists, artists in general, and think, wow, this person is just like this super being, you know, and she said, really, the way she looks at it is that she's an ordinary person that has an extraordinary job. And I just thought that was so poetic because it really is when you think about it and, you know, being around the entertainment industry and, and getting close up and personal with these entertainers, you do realize they're just regular people. They're just incredibly talented and have been able to do what they love to do for a living. And so we are now transitioning where the joy strategist is who you are. And I can't think of a better um, position or a service to offer folk because especially now, I don't know about you, but I think like COVID did something to people. I think it kind of pulled the rug out of everything that we thought was secure that, you know, could never change. Um, And we found out that we were very vulnerable. And so when folks were kind of pushed into an environment where they really had to stay put a lot of people start dealing with themselves and start discovering within themselves that things aren't really as good as maybe they thought. Maybe the situations that they have encountered and experiences when they were growing up really have impacted their lives more so than they had thought because, you know, when you're running around and busy and stuff, you don't really think about yourself. And so the joy strategist, how did, what, 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 what happened with you that made you come up with this concept and create this wonderful book? Well, yes. Well, first of all, the Julia Roberts com- comment, I, I, that is really, that, that really holds dear to me because everyone has a specialty. You know, when you see someone that you deem the biggest whatever in the world, the biggest artist, the biggest director, there was a team of people that worked with them that have their own incredible skill, their own actual um, gift, their own talent. Whatever that may be, it's a cameraman, it's a producer, it's a it's a songwriter, it's a um, it's a admin person, a salesperson. There's so much that goes into that, and so everyone's got something special. Maybe we don't believe that, we don't feel entitled to that concept, but I really love that, and I feel that, that you get the best when you really approach everyone from that position. And and I would I remember having some artists who would come in with very inflated egos sometimes, not all, but sometimes, and approach me in some way, and I would say, well, I also have a gift. And part of my gift is working with you to really express that gift. And so I love that part. And and what happened, I, I 100% agree with you that something happened during the pandemic. I, I feel that we are pack animals. We really are about connecting to each other. And also we have a brain that craves certainty so that we're safe. I mean, that's the brain's job, right? Let's make sure that the situation's okay and we're safe. And, and I think that we can only handle as humans a certain level of uncertainty. And so you had a pandemic. And even the beginning of the pandemic, you saw people rallying together. I loved seeing communities where, you know, people could put a sign in the window and say, I need help. And everyone was getting together. But I believe that we can do that when we know it's a finite amount of time. As soon as we start to feel that we don't have control over when it's going to end or, or what the next steps are, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. And a lot of us are not interested in uncomfortable feelings. You know, Ken and I were just talking about that a few minutes ago of this, you know, people are looking for these high notes, the happy moment, the big experience. They want to get to the top of the mountain, but there's nothing in nature that goes up and doesn't go down. You know, I, I believe I blame our media and, and not even on purpose. It's, it's kind of the inertia of what's happening, but we watch a lot of TV shows and video games. And I know you don't watch a video game, but we're inside a lot of media and gaming experiences and television and film that all promote this idea that if we get happy, if we get that job, if we marry that person and we have that relationship or lose weight or have the vacation, we're going to have this, this illustrious uh, happy thing. But that's not the reality. The reality is there's real work there. It's, it's, it's really, it's about taking the time to have the experience that you want to have in life. That sounds so woo-woo to people, but it's true. And how did I get here to, to write a book about joy? I was very joyless. You know, I, I was in a life that was aspirational people. I had a very big job in the music industry and, you know, I had a partner that was very well known in the world and I didn't feel, I, I had not felt as unhappy in my whole life in that experience. And I'm not blaming the music industry or the partner I had. 
it was really I hadn't done the work to even practice grace enough to know what I did like or what I did feel. And and I and I look I look to a concept that I think that we don't really see. If if you said to me, Grace, I know you want to lose a little weight or tighten up your body. I have this great trainer. They do a boot camp. I would be bragging to you the next day, Olivia, I can't even sit in the toilet. My legs are in pain. We have a concept of that. But our heart, I believe our first heartbreak happened pre-verbal. So let's say, you know, I'm Ken's mom and I'm talking to you. You're my best friend and I'm nursing Ken. Now Ken's three days of life is is on, on this planet scored a mom that's obsessed with him, looking into his eyes when they're nursing, all these big emotions. On the fourth day, I get, a, I get a call from you and I get bad news. And I turn my eyes away from Ken. In Ken's five days of life, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And as all animals who are just born, we have to boot camp to get to the walking stage and the this stage so we can get on with our mission. We also, as humans, we don't come out ready to walk. So we do need the support of the community around us, right? That's very important. Where's the love coming from? Where's the food coming from? So now, the day six, I'm on the phone bragging with you. Olivia, it's so cute. Every time I nurse Ken, Ken's playing with my elbow. But what Ken is doing is, Ken has realized that to keep this love train going, that they have to do something performative to keep it alive. So now, this is a pre-verbal emotion. Now let's say that this, we're all working, we've got you know two parents working, we all have realities. We're not noticing every single thing with Ken. But Ken has now taken the show, I'm just using him as an example, this show on the road of people pleasing, of being a fear of rejectionite because we taught ourselves with the very limited information we have pre-verbal that that's what you do for love. You've got to work it or whatever the dynamic is. And that's not even a judgment and a blame. We're all born to amateur parents. The first time right. anyone's a parent, they're an amateur. They don't know what they're doing either in a lot of ways. And even if we have the lineage of someone before us, is that fact check for what a new kind of being would, uh, would need on this planet? I look at all these kids with technology. That's anyway, I'm, di- I'm going to another thing. But that to me, when I noticed in the pandemic, you said it. People had lives that were all about outside. They had partners that worked in this outside life. And now all of a sudden, you're inside of one little box. Right. You have to really get to know yourself, find some kindness for your own self. And so I feel like that's what happened. I feel like we're now at this place where everyone's so angry because we don't know what to do. Not only are we. We're still dealing with the after effects of that situation. We have wars in different places. We have resource issues. We have a wellness, I mean, we have like a mental health situation that is out of control. We have people with technology different. It's just complicated right now. Very. And it's, it was funny because when I started this book process and I was working on my own joy, I felt a little embarrassed at first. This is such a simple concept. How can this be so impactful? But there is no such thing as outer systemic change until there's inner systemic change. So anyway, that was a mouthful. I was trying to handle all your... I love it though. I love it. Take any piece of that and keep going. But, you know, to me, that was really, to me, that's really the crux of where we are today. I think um, you've hit upon so many important ideas and concepts with your journey. Um, And I think most people don't consciously think about themselves and where they are. Like you said, they equate happiness and joy which I want to get into the difference with things, with position, with fame, with what you have and who you know and what circle. But if you strip all that away, like you said, when the pen, people are just like panicking. I think that's why people are still, you know, tripping and, and having, you know, PTSD because they're thinking, well, what if this happens or who, who am I really? When all these other things change, I didn't really know who I was. And so what's the difference in happy? People are always like, I want to be happy. I just want to be happy. If I get this, I'll be happy as opposed to joy. Yes. Well, back to the analogy of the the child, right? So now we're on the road. And so we can't access what's happening here because just like when you go back to your old school, your first house, it's so small, but it felt big at that time. So now you have this this big frightening thing that that hits a place that that this is your true this is your true joy strategist this is your real GPS of life. So if you're not accessing the feelings that guide you in life and connecting you to the God of your understanding, then you're out here in the woods. And so to go around that feeling, we access the happy thing, because maybe that's something we can do without having to deal with how uncomfortable this feels or at least the belief of how uncomfortable this feels. 
you know, we've made um, communication confrontation. We've made intimacy danger. We've lived a life now where all we do is defend against pain instead of inviting in yes. pleasure. And and a lot of us too. It goes again that that um, that core experience around love. You're now leaning into a family, a community, a system that maybe prioritizes a certain religious way to be or the way you have to be as this person. So since that's not really authentically you, to deal with the uncomfortableness of having to show up in this mask and this character, you create things around you that give you those little addiction endorphin moments. You know, everything is not negative food or shopping or drugs. It's just that we use those things to mask and to give ourselves permission to not lean into what's uncomfortable. But joy is the communication of your heart. Joy, in the original uh, translation of it, has the word cur inside, like cur courage has cur. Cur is the French word for heart. And the original translation, loosely, uh, is the courage to tell the truth, or the bravery, I'm getting this all wrong, I'm so sorry, the original person is that a quote, the bravery to tell the true story of your heart. That's what it is, right? But that bravery is real. Because if we think that confrontation, if communication is confrontation, if we are taught from our core families that little lies, little things are kind and sweet, then we're, we're never going to get there. We're never going to connect. And that was what was startling for me to learn, that I hadn't done enough work on myself to even have a, a, a relationship with myself, to even have proper relations with other people. If I can't be kind enough with myself, if I can't put my yes. own mask on first, how am I going to show up and joy enough to hold someone back to safety because if we're if we're letting people touch our hearts that's frightening so we have to learn how to be so honest and so truthful with our words and our communication so that we can access that communication of our heart we can lean into that joy and let us let it lead us that was really the, the experience for me that's when i started realizing the difference i keep hearing this term shadow work mm. would you equate shadow work with the techniques and tools that you supply in your book, or is there a difference? Because I, I, I try to, you know, I'm, I'm reading about, first I see it on social media. I'm like, what are people talking about shadow work? What does that mean? And then as I'm looking into it, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. That's a lot of work. Am I up to it? Does your book, is your book kind of like shadow work or is there a difference? Well, you know, we, we, we like to take words, especially in this country, and then make them this a big experience of shadow work. But really, the, the truth is, it's back to what we were talking about, happy and joy. We have this concept that we have to achieve all these big things. That means that we have to live in a perpetual state of happy. But that means that there's no room for the other emotions. And so I feel like shadow work has been used as a soft way to tell people, yeah, there's the, the, the proverbial, like a cartoon angel and devil on our shoulders. But really, it's just that there's multiple sides of us. And so if we're always striving for this, I am the Olivia that's always happy, then you're not making any room for the Olivia that's maybe sad or maybe the Olivia who doesn't feel like being performative or having small time, all the things that we're kind of made to do in our world. And if we could hold all these experiences at one and realize they're just experiences, you know, if two people walk up to a roller coaster, one hates them and one loves them. They're having a big experience. They're having the same emotion. They've just put a story on it. This is scary. This is exciting. It's the same emotion. And that's what we do. And so, yeah, there's a lot of experiences in my book, but it's not for me to be prescriptive to you. It's to say that when we were kids, if we can go back to whatever moment that was, where we did feel our own authentic joy, where I talked to you and I also felt like it was really helpful to shake my shoulder at the same time because I'm the chief energy officer of my own life as a kid and I know that my energy is the most important thing. When we lose that, right, we then start to move into a character that we think can make it, who can who can survive, but we leave no entitlement and room for thriving. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And so yes. shadow work is more of just, I also can be this. It's not just this fully shaded in image. Sometimes I have these smaller emotions that make me feel like I want to cry or, but that is the full rainbow, the full experience of who we are and learning to love all those parts of ourselves and to not really react and be pulled on a journey with each of them is the way to move the things out to find joy. Have you found uh, being in the entertainment industry, and and I've seen this happen where you see people crash and burn and you wonder what happened, but it seems like when you see uh, celebrities in whatever capacity they're in, people have a certain expectation of what they should be. 
And I've heard people say, I am not on right now. That's, that's not who I am. You know, I'm, I, I am a real person. That's what I do. But people, the general public, they get it, they get it twisted because they have, like you said, these expectations of what they see this person as. And then when the people aren't, then they're disappointed or they're acting new or, you know, she's got an attitude when in reality, there are different facets of people. And for whatever reason, and even just everyday people, folks don't allow that. They don't allow people to to be that and and to express that. And how do you deal with that if if you're experiencing that? You know, when people say, oh, I want to lose weight. Right. Or I want to change my whatever. Um, if you say to them, that's fantastic. You just need to eat less and exercise more. That seems simple, right? But nobody wants to do that. Is there a pill for that? Is there a shot for that? Is there a thing for that? Because again, all these things feel uncomfortable and we're all trained to go far away from anything uncomfortable. But as a good friend of mine told me recently, who's a black belt in karate, she said that when she went through the years of getting to be a black belt, the day that she got her black belt, it wasn't like pop champagne, we're done. Her teacher said to her, now the work begins. Mm. And, and that's the thing right there that we're dedicated. You know, if you, you go out somewhere, we want to put makeup on and get dressed or look hot, have the best suit, whatever the things are. There was a commitment to do the work around that thing. We just are scared that all these things that are about emotions are somehow going to give us that big, giant emotion we have to be verbal that we don't ever feel, feel again. You know, I don't, right. I don't go near that again. So we have to just change the way we look at all these things and make them simple. Gamify life. You know, and, and, and people start to think what I'm saying is, woo-woo. we've all been one time in a place that we said, we don't like the vibe. We don't like how it feels. This is not for me. That's energy. So whether that sounds weird or not, just own that that's a real thing. Sometimes things don't feel the way you want to feel. But we can choose to create our world for the way we do want to feel. And it doesn't mean that things are going to be sunshine and roses every day. It just means that you're doing so much work on yourself that you're starting your day as a star of your own story, that you're making a commitment. If you were going to go on a long uh, trip somewhere and you knew there was no food for the five-hour ride, you would bring some snacks for yourself. Right. If you're in an, if you do in the morning something in your house where you feel great, but then you're going to go outside and impact with other people, you're going to get some dings along the way. And you can either just reach for some sugar at four o'clock because you're looking for some sweetness, or you could take your rage on other people, or you can prepare yourself with joy snacks. You can understand that you're going to need to make sure that your positive-ish attitude or you feeling like you can access some kinder thoughts is available to you all day, you know, as you go along every second. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of concepts. No, are you up for the challenge? Are you up for the work? Absolutely not if you're going to deem it as this big experience. But it's like they say in the 12-step program, all we have to do is the next step, the next right action. So I'm not asking people to change their whole lives today. I'm saying if you feel fantastic and life's going great, then keep on with it. But if you're waking up and you're having a hard time motivating or feeling good or or meeting other people with a little bit of joy because you're so gnarled up, then start your day taking 30 seconds to be about yourself, to lean into your own joy strategist. And it's not for me to tell you that. Nobody needs an intermediary to access this. We just need to give ourselves permission that we deserve it and that we're entitled to it, which is the biggest work, especially for us, you know, and we can get into that or I can talk about that for years. But if we want to feel better, if we want our children, the people around us who do as we do, not as we say, to also learn how to access these bigger feelings, then we have to make a commitment, like a commitment to starting your day with something that once brought you joy before. I have some clients, all they could access is, I was, years ago, I went to this party, there was a song, when I hear it now, I, okay, then you should do that every morning. And for the ones who say to me, well, I have, you know, 10 jobs, nine husbands, I can't, I have no time. Okay, while you're brushing your teeth, while you're taking a dish, whatever, play that song. Wow. You know, in the same way you're going to feed yourself, you're going to put on clothes, you're not arrested or you're freezing. We have to do the things so that we can change our state, our energetic state. 
so that we can impact each other differently. Even in this world right now, people are so, like you said, grumpy, frustrated. Hmm. You know what I do when I walk out? Hi, I love your smile. Not fake, but if you impacted me with something, if I see an animal or a kid, or I give the compliments. I want to share. I want to be an advocate for love. I want to be an, I want to be a, a revolutionary around impacting joy, inspiring people to believe in pleasure. Because if we can't handle big things right now, then let's take those little tiny things and let them fill us up. You know, you, 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 when you were a kid, you loved to draw. Well, put a pad next to your bed. You know, have a doodle thing at your office. Look, this is what I have. When I'm having social anxiety, which we all have, which is just, I'm not good. Yes. So I'll go out sometimes and I just, I don't know what to say. So I'll bring pad or I'll bring bubbles because it's fun and people can access it. And then we have something in common. Start to prepare your life in a way that you don't have to lean into this big, fancy, happy. But, you know, joy is in the, is in almost every spiritual faith has some concept around joy. So there must be something to it. Let's just make Absolutely. it. So the exercise in the book are things that have worked for me. You know, sometimes I need a lot of stuff in the morning. I'm having a really hard day. I'm feeling a little pancaked by life. We all are. So I'll, maybe I'll do something different. During the pandemic, I had COVID by myself. It was Christmas and New Year's. And I'm the one in the family who always does the Christmases and the New Year's. And I love to plan and I love parties and I love gift giving. And all of a sudden, I'm alone upstate New York for Christmas and New Year's. Not with my kids, not with my sisters. I like, freaked out for the first two days. And then I thought, I've been complaining that I don't have time for myself for years. Here's this opportunity. What can I do? And day three, I felt really scared. It was snowing. There was no one there. But there was a beautiful bathtub downstairs. And I gave myself a day bath. And we even went wild and put bubbles. It just seemed like the most luxurious thing in the world, like a day bath. Like, right. <laughs> but it was amazing. And then I thought, you know what? When I was a kid, I used to love bath time and story time. I'm here alone. Let me give myself that. And it's, you know... Oh, this is my favorite example. So many times people say they can't access this. We'll go home at night. Oh, I don't feel like changing. I'm tired. I don't feel like taking a shower. I'll eat whatever's in the refrigerator. But let a lover come over two hours later. Quick! All of a sudden, we have so much energy. I'm putting on makeup. I'm making a meal. So let's do that for ourselves. Right. You know, precious things in our house are not for company. Wearing something that you feel delicious and in your house is not for just a partner. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That reminds me of my mom. Mm-hmm. And she's going to kill me for putting this out there. But she has this beautiful china, you know, all this beautiful china and silverware. And, and it just sits there. And I ask, I'm like, why don't you ever use that? Oh, that's just for special occasions. But they never come. And so you have this beautiful china. Why isn't it special enough for you? Yeah, why aren't you? You know, the- why aren't you special enough to use it? I mean, we'll, like you said, we'll go out of our ways to do these things for other people, but for what, and I'm guilty of it too. Mm-hmm. I won't do that for me for, and I don't know if it's because I don't feel like I deserve it or if it's for someone else, but we get so far away from that because we're, especially mothers, you, we think we're constantly thinking of other people, our children, our children, you know, our, our parents, our, you know, friends, husbands, boyfriends. And, but that same love and extra work, we, we just won't do it for ourselves. I'm so guilty of it. If you guys are just checking us out, we're talking to Grace Harry. She's a, a joy strategist. She has this incredible book, um, Your Path to Interchange. So somebody's listening right now and they know that the, the things that used to make them happy, they don't. It doesn't. And no matter what they do, if they're in a crowded room or at a party or at this fabulous event, it's just not there. I mean, you know, you smile and you put that front on, but deep inside, you know, you're like, eh. So what would you recommend for someone who's saying, you know what, I'm feeling this woman, the things that she's saying are reaching me. What can I do first? Other than buy your book, what's, what, what can I do? What is the first step for me? 
the first step for you is starting understanding you don't really know yourself. You don't. And the reason I use I, I chose I'm all tongue tied get I'm all tongue tied getting excited. The reason that I picked the joy strategist is because now with all this information in the world, we've all gotten so good with oh I'm triggered or I'm codependent or I'm this or that. And it's great. I'm I'm so happy we have all this new information. But when you lean into pleasure, oh you get all the answers. Because just like you said, why don't we do this? Is it that I don't feel entitled? We've run this wild programming in, in our brains. And, and we, ha- we live up here, and we live in certainty, we never get down here, we're always getting this, this feedback loop that you don't even know where it came from. It's information that's been passed down. Oh, you're, you know, a, a proper woman acts like this. If you're a man, mm-hmm. this is your behavior. If you're strong, you're like this. If you're mated, if you're successful, you're like, so we have all this information that we don't even know is us. We don't even know. And what I would ask everyone to do is to start to lean in to a little bit of things that light you up every day. You don't even know if it, you don't even have to know if it works or not. Just start trying it. It's like a little kid. You don't know what kind of kid you have. You don't know what kind of um, experience of life they're going to need. Some kids are shy. Some kids are really, you know, um, gregarious and full of life. And so they need different things. One wants to stay at home. One wants to always go to the park. We need to do that with ourselves. Start playing. I didn't know what made me happy. And it was interesting because I was in all these big experiences everywhere. And what really started to change things for me was when I got back on a swing in Brooklyn, a tire swing that, like I did as a kid. And all of a sudden, I just felt this weightless feeling. And I got mm-hmm. kind of high above the trees and just felt so much freedom in my heart. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do that again. And so it's, it's, it's a commitment to try and figure out what you're doing. And it's not a big commitment. It's a small lift. You know you love music. So make music your thing. Make a three-song playlist that you listen to at the start of every day. If you can't access anything else, the moment you open your eyes in the morning before you reach for your phone and you're on someone else's reality or you're caretaking your kids, or you're, take 10 seconds and just feel into four things you feel grateful for. Say thank you about two things. Some days all I can access is I have arms. Right. <laughs> and see. But I, I know that infusing that positivity in myself, even in the smallest little place, and, and just like you said before, we do this for other people. If you can access nothing else, then stop and think, what would I do if I were trying to help out Olivia right now? What, what advice would I give her? And then bring that advice into yourself. Self, yes. You want to understand this is not, it's not like I got to go into the woods and do plant medicine ceremonies and denounce <laughs> everyone I love and never party again. No, you just have to t- get slow enough with yourself and give yourself two minutes a day to start with. So just workshop it. You know what? When I was a kid, I loved walking with my grandmother. Take a walk. I love the beach. You can't be near the beach? Then bring some shells into your house. Just start to put the things around, even if it's, you know, I love jokes. Listen to some. Watch some. Write some. Get a joke book. Small. I had a client who was just feeling like his life was miserable. He was a lawyer. He was a lawyer because his parents wanted him to be a lawyer. Right. Of course, you know how that goes. And so when he was a kid, he was in a band. He always thought he was going to be some big, big star. And I said, but you know what? That's not the point of that exercise, just to be a big star or give up. The point is that that put you in the zone. I find some friends have a basement band. Play with your kids on the weekend. Find some friends and play outside or make instruments. There's a million things that don't have to cost a lot of money, but it's just feeling into the things that give you that little in your heart. I'm curious when clients um, approach you and, 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 and say, you know what, I, Grace, I, I, I feel like I need some type of assistance or I want to talk to you about this. Is it different for men or women or is it the same? Do you find men are more apprehensive about trying to find the joy because you know, as we know in our society, men are supposed to be tough and you're not supposed to, you know, that, that whole thing. Yeah. So is it different when you, when you deal with male or female clients? I will say yes, but I will put on to that some caveats that it's also male and female clients of certain ages, um, mm. where you're born, what nationality, are you from the country or not? I find there's lots of interesting things, you know, there's a real situation that happens in this, inside assimilation. So if you're not from someplace and you enter someplace, 
if you're raised with parents who say things to you like not in front of people or there's a way you behave, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of code switching. So I find that, yes, there are males in my in the 50s that I grew up with. There's a lot of that. You know, we were really programmed. I remember when I was a kid, there was a commercial. Um, I can bring home the bacon. I can fry it up. Fry it up in a pan. Never let you forget your man. So basically what it's saying is, yeah, you can be a woman with aspirations as long as you make sure that everything for your man is taken care of first. So I feel like we have a lot of those things to untangle at certain ages. Whereas, you know, I have a millennial child. I have two Gen Z children. And those those Gen Z kids and millennial kids are very different. They mm. are. So it's really that. But at the end of the day, what it really boils down to is the very early messaging you got from your core family. And when I work with people individually, I really become kind of their instigating best friend to say, let's look into that more, you know, and not in any meanness, like your mom said that thing, she's horrible, but gently give it back energetically. You know what? That really doesn't apply to me. I understand that that came from love or their own version of keeping me safe. And oh, I got into Columbia full scholarship. Uh, New York's going to be scary for you. That's a crazy thing. But we do some of these things that are love and that are habit and we don't have to accept them. I, I, I have to be transparent. Yeah. Uh, I have a daughter as well, Gen Z. And she's always moving, always moving, always moving. Got, you know, she's afraid she's going to miss something. And she says something very interesting to me. And of course, as a mother, you get defensive first because you think, well, you know, I did the best I could with what I had. But she said to me, I am always doing and moving and going. And she goes, because I remember as a child, you had me in so much stuff. And she's like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I just grew up with this mentality of constantly going and doing. And I did that because my mom did that to me. And I was just like, I was done, girl. I was like, ooh, because if anybody will get you, it will be your kids. They will tell you about yourself. But as I got to thinking about it, I was like, I wonder how many people are continuing the cycle. And, and some of it's positive and some of it is not. But, but continue the cycle to pass on what was how they were taught. Because in my mind, I was put into all these different activities because I don't think my mama wanted me to get pregnant. <laughs> it's like, let me put in all this stuff. She won't be thinking about sex. You know what I mean? She'll never admit it. But <laughs> I know that. But for my daughter, I just want to put her in a lot of different things to see where she gravitated towards, what she liked and what she, because I didn't want to push her into doing that. So in your experience as a joy strategist, how often do you see that with people where, you know, maybe not children, but the way they conduct themselves, they do so because they grew up with that idea of thinking this is what you do? Mostly. It's how much do I see that? Mostly. And, and, and I love, thank you for being transparent. And I have a very similar situation. My millennial daughter she moves like lightning all the time. And that's what I said earlier. Your kids do as you do, not as you say. And an older version of me believed that successing meant that I, A, I didn't want to ever be a burden to anyone. I didn't want to ever, you know, fear that someone would not want me around. So I was just the most alluring and the most helpful and the most, <laughs> even exhausting myself hearing that. But your kids do as you do. And when I started to make that change, it was really just five years ago that I started to, I was divorcing for the third time. You know, my husband and I were in a very big life and um, I started to notice this on my kids, all of them. And I realized, oh, I have to make that change. And instead of inviting them to concerts and experiences and trips, I started to book time with each of them individually for experiences that slowed us down. You know, a workshop, a curtain thing, a walk in the park, you know, a weekend where we just aimlessly, you know, walk around where we do crafting projects or art. I had to start to model a different thing. For my adult children, I, I hadn't I hadn't walked around New York. I've been out of New York, mostly upstate and other places. And uh, I went to my daughter's house in the city. Uh, this is like two years ago. She's at the time 25 or six. Um, and we start walking and she's speeding down the street. Like, you know, and I start, oh, oh, oh. Says, oh, mom, are you getting old? And I said, no, no, no. I just want to see the thing. She said, well, this is what you taught me. No, the new. And I had to. I had to eat crow. You're okay. <laughs> I received, I, you know, I learned this thing years ago. Do I want to be happy or right? Right. Yeah, I want to be happy. So I let go of a lot of the right 
And I thought, you know what? I do have to make amends there. So I said, well, can we walk slow enough to take in the sights? And that, that make that our new practice. Can we meet and go on our bikes? And, so I had to start to mirror for my kids that there was a simplicity and a slowness that was also fun and also delicious. And that was not what I mirrored before. And I have to own that over and over. During the pandemic, I was working with these life coaches, the Handel Group, and they do this thing called, a game called What Sucks About Me. I wouldn't use that title, but that's what. <laughs> and so you sit with people you love and you say, you know, what, you, have to, you know your people, so you say whatever disclaimer you need. Let's not get too deeply emotional. Do we need to hold hands the whole time so we're not triggered, whatever. But let's talk about some things that are complicated with me. And I heard over and over from my kids that they felt that there was a level of, you know, successing and completion, which seemed crazy because that's not what I thought. But because I was working so hard to success and to thrive, that's what they were mirroring because we, we really are just doing what the other people are. And so I really work hard with them to be honest about that, you know, my shortcomings around that, to feel vulnerable enough and not afraid to say the things that are scary that may be seen as an amateur parent that I am or um, and it's been freeing. It's not hold up yeah. that I have to know everything, that I have to be perfect. And I noticed that it's really been beautiful to watch my kids soften a little bit, but they don't have to be perfect because they're not getting that mandate passed down anymore. And that's for all of us. You know, and it's, it's scary sometimes. We want to feel in control. We don't want to feel out of control. And this world, this, this world is so out of control. So yes. we, feel we have to act like we're in control. But that's just creating more of the, the inertia to pain. That's more defending yourself against pain. If we could start to just be safe enough to say, you know, Olivia, I felt really insecure yesterday when we tried to do the episode and it didn't work. I, I felt like I was a bad guest. I, I, I was worried about that we wouldn't have a friendship. And I'm even scared to tell you this. But that sounds nuts. But that's really the only way to live. Like if we can just get that, slow things down enough to be that sexy with each other and that intimate with each other, Things just start to feel better. So, I, I, if I were, if just you know, you and your daughter, start to own that. Give her, so show her that you know I'm not perfect, so that she is not be perfect because she's trying to be perfect, like you're trying to be perfect. And show her that I'm invested in your your nervous system slowing down, not living in fight or flight because that's what's happening when we're. Right. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. I mean, like you and I can have a whole conversation around that. It's a great book called "The Body Keeps the Score," but. Um, that's really what it is. And I, I'm in that same practice as you, just redoing that story with them, recreating how we spend time together and what I deem as a successful time with my kids. Girl, I could talk to you like forever. I'm just like, I just find everything that you're saying is just so interesting. And, but, but not only that, it's just like, I feel it because how could I put this? I don't know. I guess because I, you know, in different times in your life, you start questioning not only the decisions that you made, you can't go back, but trying to move forward in a different way as a different you. I don't, I, I, that's the only way I can express it because I, I have a hard time expressing what I'm feeling when I'm feel really, really feeling it. But that's that's what it is. I just feel like, you know, there, there are people out there that that want to capture joy, but they want to know who they are so they can present themselves in their true self. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So if someone's listening right now and they want to get in contact with you, how would they, how, how would they go about doing that and get your book? Well, can I first say something about the, the first one? You said that perfectly because that's the thing you, you feel me because I'm speaking to your joy strategist. We live in our brain and we think, that's what we're supposed to do, man, think it. But when we, I can think back to my great-grandparents and grandparents. They would always say, what do you feel for? Are you hungry? What you feel for? What you feeling like? Yes. And then when our whole world shifted, and it was all very think-oriented. But there's nothing up there for us. That's a computer. It's just old information. Imagination and passion. It all comes from here, how we feel. And when you do tap into your joy strategist, your own inner GPS, you do feel more like you because you are on the path. Versus up here in the in the wilderness, trying to survive on your own, um, and so that that is something that we need to take in. That's a big part of it. Is how do we start to feel 
good about ourselves? Well, we have a GPS system right here. We don't trust it, but we've all been with someone who's telling us that we're at the place that they to drop us off, but we know it's not right. But they're saying, oh, the GPS says, like it's gospel. Right. So do that with ourselves. Oh, okay. I feel like I want to go that way. Trust that. Life is taking you. If we're supposed to have any kind of faith, Martin Luther King said, faith is when you take the first step, even when you don't see the staircase. So I'm asking you to take the first step without the staircase by just listening to your heart, even if it's scary. It's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you. And that's that's such an important thing is that we we really have been taught that this is scary. But what's more scary is how we feel inside our bodies right now. So anything's better. So why don't we tap into a little truth of our own hearts with ourselves? And how can people reach me? Yeah, please. I am just overjoyed and blessed to say that the book is being sold everywhere books are being sold it's wild i also was pushed almost at gunpoint not really to do the audio for the book which was terrifying but i'm really proud of it um and at the same time i have a website to book play dates called thejoystrategist.com cool it is and also at instagram at grace harry do you do lectures where people can come out and hear you speak because yeah. i'm telling you if you anywhere near where i'm at, i'm there well, where are you? Because I can sit and just listening to you and be like, mm-hmm, yeah, girl, mm-hmm. Do you do that? Yes, I do do that. I like to do more of an experience. I feel like this lecture concept is that I'm, again, an intermediary. I was raised Quaker. There's nobody who is the religious person who's talking from God. Everyone is sitting until they're moved to speak. So I really have kind of that attitude, and I really do believe we really are our own creation machines when we tap into our joy. So I like to do play dates and big group play dates where we're all having activities. I'm, I'm, I'm part of Anscape Disney and we did a Anscape house a few weeks ago and I recreated my playroom in there and I brought people through and I call it kind of like a, a speed dating uh, nursery school experience with yourself. Um, wow. <laughs> to get people out <laughs> that of that. sounds amazing. Wherever you live, Olivia, let's do one together. I mean, I love it. I would do these all over the world because you know what? If, I, if everyone operated this way, if everyone took responsibility in excavating to get back to their illuminated state, what a different world we live in, right? Yes. We wouldn't be killing each other over who whose God is right. Yes, and that, you know, if you really think about it in this day, and it's been going on since the beginning of time, that is such a huge trigger for people. And, and, and more blood has been shed over religion and belief systems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people just can't, you know, possibly look at someone else and think, well, you know, I don't agree, but I respect your ability. That's gone. There's, there's no, it's my way or the highway. That's really where we are. It's like, you got to believe and look and, and say exactly what I do and say, or you're wrong or you're damned to hell. You know what I mean? We, there, there's no more flexibility. And it's getting really scary. I mean, really scary. It's I, wild. Yeah, I'm sorry. I really think that um, that's part of what we were talking about before. The more afraid people are, the more they want to feel a part of something. So if you're terrified, your life feels uncertain. But if I can at least just be with Olivia and Ken and do what they're doing. And so I, I feel like we suspend our own beliefs of how we feel and what we want and think when we're in heightened states of fear and we just move to whatever kind of makes us feel a little less scared. And then that is an impetus for all kinds of crazy things. I think of in the old days, right, in the movie, you call me and you'd say, that guy in the corner did blah, blah, blah. Before even we even looked into that, we all had our fire and our things and we were at the door <laughs> pounding it in. And, and I feel like we're there now because we're scared. Yes, but that, it, that is exactly what's happening. It, it's just, and I, I think people are always like, how did we get here? It, it's easy because it's like, if you're scared, whatever it is that you're scared about, and it seems to me, people are scared of people that don't look like them and don't believe what they believe. And so you end up creating all these scenarios and falsehoods and, and lies to keep you, everybody scared. Because if we're scared, then we're going to be together, you know, because nobody want to be on their own. It's we got to be with people. I got to. I got to belong. These people believe what I, girl, it's just crazy. I'm just like, sometimes I'd be like, oh my God, what, are, are we living in assimilation? What is going on? <laughs> just, it's frightening to me. It really is. It has been a complete joy for me to have this conversation with you, to be able to um, 
actually listen to someone who is um, makes so much sense, but yet you haven't you haven't really heard. I haven't heard anybody speak like you. I haven't heard any of the concepts that you have shared, and so I just want you to know that y- you have uh, you have moved me. That's all I can say. You you've moved me in my soul. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and to me, if you can just reach one person and have that type of impact, what a legacy! What a legacy! You took so, the word. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I can't say anything else. I just, I, I have enjoyed this conversation more than I can express. So I hope you will continue. I know you will continue to do what you do. I hope more people will take the steps that you have shared here and, and, and be willing to live their truth and, and be willing to be vulnerable because it is scary to, try to unfold the layers of things that have been put on you, you know, generational curses and and ways of belief to be able to peel all that back and find out who you really are. Some people, they can't, they'll never get there because they're just too scared. But for those out there that are listening, that, that got it and that are where I am, where you feel moved, please, please, please pick up this book and, and, and do the work and just try to be your own, true self because it can only make your life better. I mean, I feel better just knowing that these possibilities are out there, you know, for myself. So thank you so much. Grace. <laughs> I'm about to cry. Look, I'm about to, I'm a crier. So I'm yeah. like, Oh, goodness, child, this shit moved me. So, but you really have, I just, I have enjoyed this immensely. So thank you. I wish you continued success And I can go on and on, but I'm not. I want to thank you guys for tuning in really to this podcast. And hopefully you will tell a friend to tell a friend where we are because we're really trying to to change lives and impact people and and motivate folks to to be more and do more. So we'll talk again soon. The Olivia Fox podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.